Boom. You there? Yep. All good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so philosophy, right? You've been you've been thinking philosophical thoughts. Definitely philosophical thoughts, apologetical thoughts. Yeah, yep. we we sold it hard last time. People are psyched about philosophy right now, and uh, <laughs> and now we want to bridge into apologetics. And one of the what we mentioned, yeah. Francis Schaeffer, um, last time as one of the big guys, but Tim Keller, dang, Tim he Keller. is yeah, very he good. Is, very important. Oh boy! For our generation. So let's just go ahead and recommend. If you hadn't, if you have not yet read, you know, actually, while we're talking about, it, let's just have a field day with this. Um, Gagging of God by Don Carson is truly uh, mm-hmm. astounding. Unphilosoph. We'll we'll yeah. come back to that. It's kind of a different trip, but um, you know, just in terms of engaging with with uh, our our, our, yeah. our philosophy of in worldview, um, and then you've got one book that he wrote that was almost. I, I wish they would retitle or rebrand this book, but it was called Becoming Conversant with the Emerging Church. Have you ever read that? Very oh, good book. It was it. incredible. Yeah. Except it's like, it's so niche now because it's all about, you know, no, no one, emerging yeah. So no gone. one cares it's, about yeah. the emerging church. But the thing is, he didn't really deal with yeah. that. Um, he didn't deal with the emerging church. He dealt with postmodernism, you know, and, yeah. uh, and even just the historical lead up. So it was just a profound little book. Wow. One of my favorites out there. So please go and check that out if you're looking for something to read. And then of course, while we're talking about Tim Keller, um, we want to make sure to recommend, uh, making sense of God, uh, his prequel to reasons for God, uh, or is it the yeah, re- is, is it called book. reasons for God or the yeah. reason for God? Uh, one of the two. Let me just check if she got it right here. One second. Just looking at my iPod. The reason. The reason for God. God. I thought so. Okay, cool. So yeah, just go ahead and check those books out. I mean, uh, you know, some some people. I mean, he wrote uh, making sense of God after making sense the reason God, for yeah. God, but you could read them either way. I don't. I don't know That's that right. it matters too much. So uh, reason for God would be your traditional apologetics, yes. where he looks at seven objections and then puts forward a positive case for Christianity. Making sense of God is a lot more sort of the the deeper epistemological foundations for others. Yes. So your your less traditional uh you know things like beauty and meaning and morality. So he goes a little bit deeper than than your basic uh, arguments and evidences. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. So so good. All right. So there we go. That that recommendation is out. Uh what are we talking about today? Well, um, I think uh, I'm doing a series on apologetics at the moment, so I'm really trying to nail down helpful ways of uh, helping and equipping the church to argue their faith, okay. uh, to engage with unbelievers. So one of the things I thought was really helpful is uh, Tim Keller and what he calls a radical view on doubt. Mm-hmm. So um, basically what he does, he addresses believers and skeptics alike. And uh, he uses this idea of, um, he starts by challenging the believer saying, you know, believers without doubt is like a body without an antibody, mm-hmm. without antibodies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have doubts, if you're not, if you're not honest with your own mm-hmm. doubts, when suffering comes along or when that really tempting sin comes along or when that good looking, charming um, skeptic comes mm-hmm. along, you're going to be mm-hmm. rattled if you haven't been honest with yeah. your doubts. So on the one hand, believers need to take doubt seriously. Doubt has an important part to play in our lives. Um, 
just in terms of integrity and honesty. Mm. Um, and so we have to wrestle with our doubts. We have to wrestle with the doubts of our friends, our neighbors. Um, and only then would we truly understand the inside of what doubting looks like and come up with credible um, and listening sorts of answers mm -hmm. for those who don't believe. Yeah, so that's, that's a little bit surprising, yeah. you know, believers embrace your yeah. doubts. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, it. You know, what the, one of the first things I, uh, there were there were a whole bunch of reasons I love that, but uh, just a few uh, random ones. Uh, I love the way it rejects triumphalism. Um, you know, that just creeps its way into theology, and I think it's the folk theology of the landscape of church evangelical churches today um it's just this triumphalistic sort of thing and then people of course do go through those moments and they do experience those doubts and uh it all com comes crumbling down and uh yeah. it's because they firstly have not even created a, a bit of space to deal with this thing at, at this rootsy level and um and so i like it for that reason and then of course you've got you know, just there is this reality to depravity and uh, the fallen human condition and, oh, oh Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, you know? Um, if, if we're talking about moving through the Christian life, and, and let's let, relate this as uh, we try to do with all of these uh, episodes to this idea of sojourning with one foot in heaven and one foot on earth, uh, the reality is... Uh, as as pertains to that which is of our makeup and constitution that is being renewed and you know has been renewed has been uh is being yeah. recreated is being uh sanctified you know amen we, we believe and yet we're still in yeah. this adamic state and age and and uh until death comes uh, that won't be utterly done away with. And that's part of the glories of, of that which we look forward to. That's the Canaan that we yeah. sojourn towards. That's the that's the hope of heaven. And uh we long for it. But but you know, while we're yeah, there are a couple of things we have to just be real on and we have to be straight about. Uh, one thing is hey, we are, we're on a mission. Uh you know, we are we've got a job to do that we won't have to do in heaven. But in, another thing is, you know, we're gonna be weak. Um and you know we've got to we've got to think yeah. through those issues. No, we're not perfectionists. That's right. And uh, one of our sins and one of our weaknesses is unbelief. Yes. And it's both a sin and a weakness. It's part of our it's part of our finiteness. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we can't help it. But it's also part of you know when we relapse into sin, unbelief is one of the sins we relapse into. Yeah. Um, totally. Now, what what are some uh, tools that that Keller gives? Do you know? Well, uh, so that's on the one hand, he talks about believers embracing their doubts and using their doubts and being uh, honest with their doubts uh, in order to prepare them to engage with mm -hmm. skeptics. But then he also says to the skeptics um, that they need to doubt their doubts. Okay. Uh, I love and that. I, I, I think what Keller's yeah. doing here, and this is just a quote and draw uh, again on a guy I'm, I'm trying to investigate for myself. It's a guy called uh, Charles Taylor, Rome, uh, Roman Catholic philosopher in Canada. He's written a magnum opus called Our Secular Age. And this yeah. is sort of the, the book that Tim Keller is drawing on. And he wrote Sources of Self, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was an earlier book, yeah. So uh, basically what, what one of the main theses of the book is this, is that we live in an age which he calls the twilight of the gods and the idols. Mm -hmm. And what that means is Christendom has fallen. Right. Uh, but we're still haunted 
by gods and idols. And so there is mm. faith in our doubts and doubts in our faith. Mm -hmm. And so the unbeliever is not this triumphalistic. Um, we have now completely jettisoned all faith. We live in this murky place where uh, faith and unbelief are growing and dwelling and swelling together. And the unbeliever, if he has renounced religion, is going to have doubts. And, you know, he, he's, his, his, his rejection of Christianity is based on doubts, but he's going to have doubts about his mm -hmm. doubts. And he needs to honestly face those. Yes, doubts. great. So yeah, you've got this this okay, whatever level of renunciation of the faith takes place, or, or perhaps it, you know they weren't too sold out to begin with, and uh, they just sort of withdrew a little bit because their doubts are increased. Um, but they're not then, you know, and I think this is so so important for us to realize they're not these titan or I shouldn't say Titanic, but uh, titanium. Uh, bulletproof people that have just resolved every problem they're, they're going to have things that they're working through and um and and they're going to have to look at those things seriously and that's that's a point that 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 we should we should talk through with them um and i think yeah. one of the things i remember just francis schaefer to to draw him in again though you know he was so good with that because he was you know, he 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 majored on this point to such an extent that he actually told people to be careful. You know, don't don't push people too hard because uh, I think he, in his experience, you know, so many people. I mean, there were droves of people in that exact condition as uh, these waves of, yeah. uh, you know, the, the the phase of modernity kind of blew over. Um, he was just dealing with these um, these droves of of doubting people, and he he found that if he 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 probed them and brought them to doubt their doubts, as you say, um, you know, he he would actually bring them to a state of complete despair. And uh, it's almost like he, you know, it was so forceful <laughs> that you know it's so easy yeah. to be very forceful because you you do have a better worldview than they do, and you are able to push quite yeah. hard, and so they can fall apart at every level. And sometimes, as as Francis Schaeffer said, you know, their ability to stay sane, even though they're inconsistent and jumbled up, is is sometimes God's common grace to them. And um, and so yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 an amazing point. I think it it takes it takes the pressure i don't know for me it feels like you know you you would go into uh you know a, a talk with an unbeliever and and perhaps you feel like number one you have to be the defender of christianity you know it's your task and christianity stands or falls if you don't get this right and then your second presupposition is that they have you know they are these sole defenders of atheism or the opposing worldview but neither of those are true and you need to kind of you know, get your, get your, I mean, you can't, Christianity would be fine without you, <laughs> you know, it's okay. God, God <laughs> needs no defense at that level. It'll, it'll hold. Um, and so take that pressure yeah. off of you. And then secondly, ask questions because, because the, the person that you're up against, though they might sort of come across quite strong, the, the reality yeah. is they're faking. They're fa yeah. They're, they're, they're faking it as much as you would be if you, you, you pretended you had never had any yeah. doubts, you know? And, um, which is why humility is so important in the apologetic endeavor. You've got to be, you know, Absolutely. you've got to be honest about your Absolutely. doubts because you're modeling that for others. Yes. So they, they can enter into an honest, transparent sort of conversation. Right. But I'm just, uh, I thought I'd share an example yeah. from Keller. So he, he basically, he says that all worldviews have faith. Mm -hmm. And so he gives this example. He just says, look, uh, someone comes to you and says, well, there cannot be one true religion. Mm -hmm. So what he does is, okay, well, let's, let's think about, you know, you've, you have a belief. 
um, that belief comes from a worldview. Mm -hmm. And do you realize that that worldview has faith commitments? Mm. And so, for example, can you empirically prove that there cannot be one true religion? Mm. No, you, you accept that on the premise of yeah. faith. You, you haven't proven yeah. it. That's, that's, that's something that you have assumed mm. and built other beliefs on. And so what, he's, what he says is, look, I'm wanting to help doubters doubt their mm. doubts. I'm wanting to lay bare the assumptions that we have in our worldviews. Mm. And what he does, he challenges the skeptic to be as honest and as charitable to the Christian worldview mm -hmm. as they are to their own, or rather as honest as they ought to be with yeah, their own. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think Keller yeah, models that no well. Models. Whenever you see him, I mean, he, he perhaps, you know, at, at certain points you feel like uh, maybe the guy needs a little bit more John MacArthur in him, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. just a little, a little <laughs> bit more backbone would be good. Sometimes I wish he would be a lot stronger. Yeah. You know, he's... Uh, He's super casual. Yeah, you know he's always chatty. That's his. That's his he style. He just de-escalates, um, de-escalates. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, I'm very attracted to you. I'm I'm very attracted to your convictional style. Yeah, picture. you know your John Pipe. I want people to speak as if they mean it and and look like they mean right. it. Right. I know totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, MacArthur just had that interview with who's that dude? Yeah. Um, did you watch it? Oh, the dark web. No. Uh, nah. I'll come back to it. I'll find it. Actually, let me find it right now. But um, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, Keller, he, um, man, he's, he's, he's so good. And I think as much as, see, the thing is, we've, we've come in out, if you could sort of categorize or caricature a whole generation um, of evangelists and apologists, probably we have followed the MacArthur kind of in your face route, you know, and uh, people have been... Yeah. Bible thumped and turned or burned signs have come out. And, you know, we've got a lot of that hurt and wounding and overplay that we have to deal with now. Uh, and so I think, I think probably Keller is the right guy in the sense that let's, let's rather err on the side of, of de-escalating and listening um, because. Yeah. And, and look, read, read him discerningly. Um, I've got some major criticisms. Um, and so I use him recognizing the glaring faults that I think he has. Um, you know, his, his definition of sin is idolatry is often, I feel man-centered right. is, um, the emphasis on sin as being against God and always starting with sin being something that we do against ourselves, uh, is very anthropocentric. Um, and there are a couple of other things that, you know, I wish he would be a little bit stronger on, but if, if, if you're aware of that, um, and you, you don't imbibe, uh, you know, the, the full uh, orbed view of Keller where, where you absorb his worldview mistakes and all. Yes. Um, he can be extremely useful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The, the, um, the interview I was talking about was the Ben Shapiro um, daily. daily oh, yeah, the Jewish guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. You know, it's interesting here. He's softened a lot. <laughs> Which is he's he's hit like a good balance in his in his you know kind of old age. It's, it's almost yeah. like all that hardness has has kind of mellowed out as, <laughs> and it's just created this nice space for him. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we always have to be aware that we're gonna put things out there. It's gonna potentially leave a um, an an odor of death to people. And we're you know if we get killed in the process and that's persecution, amen. You know we've got to be down with that. But as far as we concern, as yeah. far as we can help, let's put it that way, 
uh, if we're able to have a civil conversation, to listen well, to bring people, as we were saying, and essentially what we're talking about here, uh, to understand that, hey, th- there are some holes in their worldview and, they, they, you know, those doubts, it's okay. It's okay to mention them in a conversation of Christianity. You know, no one's going to be like, you know, knocking anyone out with, with some sort of one-liner. And, um, and, you know, we're going to be moving slowly together and try and work it out and, and see this thing genuinely. Um, and, and in the pro, it just, I, I think if we could create that sort of conversation, that is the way forward. Um, and so mm-hmm. in that sense, guys like, uh, again, Keller are going to be huge. And, and so helping, helping them to see their own doubts, uh, helping them to, to work with them um, at, at perhaps levels they hadn't even considered. I know one of the things that blew my mind was just, uh, who was it? Ronald Nash, when I was reading his philosophy, um, history of philosophy or whatever, okay. he, he was saying, um, you can't prove the existence of a human mind. Um, you know, you can, you can prove, you can prove the existence of a brain. You can't prove that you're not a, a brain in a bat. You can't prove that you're not in the matrix. Right, exactly. You just, it's a well-known thing. It's almost a truism in philosophy. So <laughs> the reality is you take that on faith, yeah. you know, <laughs> and that's a big one. That's a big one. We're all moving on the assumption that we have minds. And, uh, you know, th- if that's true, then uh, that, that definitely, uh, the reality is it's okay even to doubt that. Uh, then, you know, we have a conversation that opens up a little bit. All right, so that went over 15 minutes. But um, hey, people want more, Nick. People want more. Yeah, we got to give the people what they want, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've been talking to it. By the way, uh, just get on to twoagesojourner.com. Uh, flick us an email. Um, you got a whole bunch of options there in terms of, you know, Facebook or whatever, email, um, you know, uh, Twitter, whatever, whatever it is that, that you need to do to get hold of us. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, do you want more? Do you want less? Um, one of the things that we're trying to do is just fill in that void. A lot of long podcasts out there. And uh, maybe, you know, I, I always find I need like 10 minutes during my lunch break or something, you know, just to listen to something. So, you know, some people. That's a short lunch break. That is. I know. I, I just scuff it down. I got work to do, man. I got, I got stuff to get done. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm usually by myself. So I just kind of flick on the, the podcast or whatever. It is, and it's always too long. Never finish it. Always have to do it over a week or whatever. So uh, who knows? You know, so we'll, we'll play around with length. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, do get on and subscribe. And uh, I know I'm, I'm one of those guys, like people say, hey, get on and subscribe. And I never do. And and uh, give it give us a five star rating. I, I know who you are, you five listeners. Uh, and I, I only <laughs> see four uh, ratings there. And only, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But get on there. Get on. And uh, that'd be super helpful. Um, thanks for joining us again, Nick. All good, bro. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Two Age Sojourner. Ciao.